the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this KGNW broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the Heart of the City. You're listening to the Heart of the City. This is Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development for 820 AM The Word. I have a special guest with me today. His name is David Zetterberg. He's the lead pastor at Oasis Church at Lakewood. David, welcome to Heart of the City. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, I always enjoy this time together. And, uh, you know, I have a key verse that I share almost on every broadcast, and and that is, uh, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. That's Psalm 37, verse 3. That's my life verse. And I always like to talk about the fact that uh, the first 40 years of my life, I focused on my faithfulness to God. The the last 40 years of my life, I want to focus on his faithfulness to me, mm-hmm. because God has been so faithful in my life, through my life, and in the seasons of my life. And out of that, I am always curious about how God has been faithful in others' lives. And so that's how this program of Heart of the City actually got to be, is I love to hear the story of how pastors and ministry leaders and everyday folk have come to know the Lord and how he's worked in their lives. And and for pastors, how you got called into what I call vocational ministry or full-time ministry, however you want to frame it, and uh, how that happened, because there's always an interesting story and a backstory behind it. So as we're sharing today, <clears throat> I'd just love to, you know, you and I haven't had a chance to to meet before, so I'm getting to hear your story for the first time as well. You've been a pastor at Oasis for how many years now? Um, I've been at the church for 27. I've been the lead pastor for 24. And that's a that's a, a long time for pastors, isn't it? Usually that's... They have put up with me for a very long time, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. Well, let's go back. Did you grow up around this area? Are you a Northwest boy, or did you grow up uh, in another part of the country? Uh, no, born born and raised right here in Tacoma area. Um, spent uh, my childhood in Fircrest and University Place. Uh-huh. And uh, even to this day, my my parents still live in, or my mom, uh, my dad passed away last year. Uh, my mom still lives in Fircrest, so she's just about uh, eight minutes from my house. Wow. So uh, I feel very blessed in that because I know a lot of uh, pastors spend their ministry away from uh, where they grew up, away from their family. And I was fortunate to be brought back here after a few years away. So uh-huh. I feel very blessed in that. Well, tell me about growing up in the Tacoma area uh, as a young man. Uh, what was your life like? What was your family? Uh, what was your spiritual formation for, for you and your family at that time? Well, again, I, I'm very blessed. Um, I had uh, two amazing parents who loved the Lord. And I uh, you know, joked the fact that I started 
um, attending church nine months before I was born because my mom <laughs> never missed. Um, and uh, we were, as, as a family, we were uh, very active um, in our church. I have four sisters no brothers. It was brutal. Wow. Somehow I survived. Um, but we were raised in church, uh, active from as, as soon as we could be involved. Um, my dad, uh, served in multiple capacities in, in ministry, uh, in the church as a volunteer ended up being, um, an elder for years. Um, mom also was very active. Um, all of my siblings are on staff in a church, um, in fact, three of them are on staff of the church we grew up in. I used to be called Bethel Christian Assembly. It's now Church for All Nations. Uh-huh. And I have a sister and her family that live in Atlanta, and she's been involved with uh, several different nonprofit organizations uh, volunteering. So we, we were taught very early to be involved uh, in church and gave my heart to the Lord. Um, well, I, I say probably around five, but like I said, uh, born and raised in the church, I, I've, I've really known no other um, no other way. And, and fortunately, um, you know, I, I went through those teen years and never really had any rebellion uh-huh. to speak of. Um, so, uh, I don't have any, I don't have any horror stories. Well, um, I've been very blessed in that. And I, uh, you know, I, I, I hear people's stories and I recognize what I've been spared from, uh-huh. um, by coming to faith early and um, staying in that relationship yeah. um, my entire life, in well, essence. Well, I, I had an interview with a pastor just uh, uh, a few weeks ago, actually, and, and he, was, he was sharing the same thing. You know, he, he uh, had somebody ask him, you know, well, tell us, tell us your testimony. And, and uh, you know, were, were you involved in drugs and, and um, you know, all of the illicit, uh, you know, activities of life? And he said... You know, I, yes, I, w- I was actually saved from that. I was saved from it that I never had to do that, exactly you know. Right. And uh, he did save save you from that. It was, uh, and, and uh, you know, I have pretty much a similar story, you know, uh, of of growing up in a church uh, with a Christian family. But yet there is that, and coming to the Lord at a, at a young age, but yet there is that, I don't know if, how you would describe it. Those those certain seasons of life where there is a an adjustment to your level of commitment to the Lord, where you recognize that uh, there are areas of your life that you need to submit to Him. You know, and that's just the natural growth of, of being a Christian right. through our whole life, isn't it? Not just in the teenage years. So uh, out of out of high school and with four sisters, um, as you said, probably pretty challenged. Uh, how did you begin to think through uh, what you were going to do with your life? Well, um, originally I just assumed I would go in construction. My my dad had his own construction company and, and uh, kind of just assumed that's what I was going to do. Um, when I was junior high school, um, kind of was feeling like the Lord was maybe calling me to something else. And we argued about that for a lot of years. Uh, I didn't want to go into the ministry. Um, I wanted to stay involved in church. I loved being involved in church, and my faith was extremely important to me. Um, I wasn't, even as a kid, I wasn't um, all that enamored with how our pastors sometimes seem to be treated Mm. and what I saw happen to their kids Mm -hmm. and the struggles they had. 
And I just thought I, I don't want to necessarily put myself in that position and I, I don't want to put my hopeful wife someday or if we had we're fortunate enough to have kids I didn't want them to have to go through that and so uh, God and I um, just kind of argued about that he didn't argue he just was telling me what I was going to do and I was I was arguing um, I finally when I got to I guess my senior year in um, high school kind of came to uh, an agreement um, in the in the, the uh, yearbook, I wrote that I was going into construction, and I knew that was a lie when I put it down. Wow! Because the Lord was 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 winning the battle, so I finally told him, "Okay, this is what I'll do." I don't know if negotiating with God it, it really works, but I told him um, I would go to a Bible college and get trained, and I was willing to do youth ministry and maybe music ministry, but nothing else. I was not going to be a senior pastor, and that's that's the the deal. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was negotiating uh, with God, and so I went to Seattle Bible College, um, graduated from there, and um, right out of there got a, a youth position in a small town in Esterville, Iowa. Esterville, and Esterville. Where, Iowa. where is Esterville? It is in the northwest corner of Iowa. Okay, a small little town Up towards Sioux uh, about City. Five thousand, five thousand people. Yeah, we were about two hours from Sioux City. Uh huh. Um, great community, uh, Calvary Gospel Assembly was the name of the church, and I served as youth pastor there for um, about four years. Uh-huh. Um, the, the first year of being there, uh, I got married to my wife, Denise, who is also from here, um, brought her out there, and um, that's where we had our first child. Um, came back here uh, after four years there and said I was going to get my degree in music and so went to Northwest University for a year. But then we had another kid and another kid. And <laughs> I was like, this is, this is not working. I can't, I can't do this. Um, and I was working part-time at a church uh, doing youth ministry as well. And um, it just kind of all came to a head and my wife and I had to figure out what we were going to do. And we said, okay, ministry is it. This is, mm-hmm. this is it. And, and that's when I got a call from, uh, pastor Mark Nordvet, who was the pastor at, uh, used to be called the church at Lakewood. It's now Oasis church at Lakewood. And, um, he asked me to come to be his associate. Um, mm-hmm. and so we agreed to do that. And, um, the rest is history. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Well, being in Iowa, I mean, I grew up in Illinois, right on the Iowa border, so I was on the other side of the state from you, but that's a that's a big transition coming from Huge. growing up in the Northwest, <laughs> going to the to Iowa, yes. uh, not only a, a, a change in climate, but just a, a change in culture. Yes, it was a farming community. Uh, you know, we talk about the weather here very casually. They talk about the weather very seriously yes, because the weather affects everything. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a drastic it was a drastic change. You, um, yeah, you, the radio station and television. You're watching the farm market reports yes. and hearing what you know <laughs> whether corn at a hundred uh, yeah. uh, at a bushel is is doing that day and. Yeah, the, it, was, it was quite a shock. Yeah, but it was great. It was a great experience. The the people there were amazing um we were accepted immediately um just felt like we were part of their family and um, it was hard to leave when it came time but um it was definitely time for for a change for us 
So out of your fear, you had this fear of what was what was church going to do to your family, and that and that was a big argument. And I do understand that because those of us that have been around church leadership for a long period of time, it's not always. You see the the ups and downs of 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 being involved in church leadership. Uh, we we are not going to sugarcoat it here. It's not because there's there's uh, not only the emotional battle, but there's a true spiritual battle that takes mm-hmm. place for the hearts of of spouses and the and and the pastor's children. I mean, there's a, definitely spiritual attacks that take place, and so a family has to be prepared for that. So you uh. You, You've had some 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 of those experiences now after all of these years. What did you find as far as balancing that family life with being a senior pastor? Um, well, I, I think uh, especially when when my wife and I first started having kids, um, I had the wrong priorities, and it it made things very difficult for us. Um, you know, going back to school um, for a season while you know having a a job at a church part-time and having another part-time job um the the church was my priority mm-hmm. and um and then after dropping out of school or realizing that was not working getting a, a full-time job as well as a part-time job in a church which mm-hmm. isn't there's no such thing as a part-time job in a church right. um i had the only vehicle uh so i would leave at you know 5:30 in the morning and quite frequently not get home till seven thirty. If I had to go to the church after work, you know, not getting home till eight o'clock, nine. And, um, I felt justified in it cause this is what I have to do. Okay. This is mm-hmm. what God's called me to do. He's called me to do ministry. I have to do this, this other job to support us so I can do the ministry. And, um, you know, a, a, a young wife with three kids and no vehicle is not, yeah, is not fun. And we had a, a, a come to Jesus meeting um, after <laughs> one particular event where I, again, prioritized the church over uh, my wife and kids. And she was like, y- you need to figure this out mm-hmm. because I can't do this any longer. Mm-hmm. And it was the best thing that ever happened. Mm-hmm. It was a very difficult conversation. But um, in that, uh, I came to the realization that my first calling is to my wife and kids. That's my first priority, and mm-hmm. it needs to be my first priority. Um, and so we changed um, a lot of things. Um, shortly after that, uh, I resigned from the church position and didn't know what ministry door would open up. I still had this full-time job uh, to support the family, and uh, it was like 10 days later I get this call from Pastor Mark Nordvet. I'd, I'd never met him um, just out of the blue, he had talked to somebody who knew me from years ago and had suggested, and he had suggested this almost a year earlier that he should maybe talk to me about mm-hmm. a position. And, uh, he came in and, um, met me at, for lunch at work. I, I was dirty. I worked in a warehouse and, uh, he, um, interviewed me there and mm-hmm. just a, a few days later offered me a position and, um, that's how we started here, but uh, it was a it was a tough it was a tough several years of um, just trying to figure those things out and that recognition that you know my first calling is to my family was a well, tough it's, one. It's hard for a wife to compete with God. 
Yes. You know what? It, it really is. It's an unfair competition it's, it's, it's that we put un- them in. It, it is a very fair, un- unfair competition. And, uh, you know, and and the the uh, folks at, at church oftentimes are, uh, you know, they're seeing you being faithful to your call, if you want to say that, in, in the sense of, you know, you're, you're being very active and, and available and all that sort of thing. At the same time, not taking care of your wife and kids, um, you know, is going to end up being very hollow mm-hmm. when, when, it, when it all is said and done. And uh, so it's interesting how the Lord oftentimes brings pastors to that point of having to make that tough decision and kind of dying to the dream, you know, and that's probably what happened with you. I would, I would assume that you kind of had to say, okay, you know, this is my, this is my priority, my wife, my family, I've got to, you know, make that a priority and kind of maybe set aside this ministry thing for a while. And then the Lord then is able to resurrect that Mm -hmm. into fruitfulness that never would have happened if you would have, continue right. to keep going the way you were. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And 10 days. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's how long it took from us making that decision to uh, a new door of opportunity mm-hmm. opening up. And sometimes for some pastors, it's a lot longer. Absolutely. I mean, it can be, you know, months to years sometimes yep, before they, the, the Lord has to, to do some additional work in their life before they're able to understand what, how to, how to work those priorities in their mm-hmm. life. But God is faithful, isn't he? Yes, he, he, is. he will, he will continue to work and, and do his good work until you're ready to serve him in, in the right kind of way. Yeah. So what happens next after you're there for four years as an assistant pastor, associate pastor, and then you become a lead pastor? Yeah. The, um, the church went through a difficult time, um, and unfortunately, the the pastor at that time just um, it was kind of a, one of those enough is enough moments, mm-hmm. and which I've always uh, I always wish he would have um, been able to hang on for another year um, because I think there was a lot of healing, a lot of really good things that happened that he missed out on, mm-hmm. um, and I I think. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't think that it was a mistake in leaving. Uh, just possibly the timing, mm-hmm. um, because I think he could have experienced some of the good things that, mm-hmm. that came out of uh, a rather difficult uh, transition time in our church. Um, yeah. So he, he left, and um, the church took about um, two months, I think. Um, kind of figuring things out and um, called for a a membership meeting and they had a a vote and uh, on me and I you know it was at that point where I said okay uh, God whatever it is you want me to do if you if you really want me to do this I'll do it Um, you know the the rebellion in me saying God I'm not going to uh, was pretty much gone at that mm-hmm. point and it was like if if this is the door uh, you want to open I'll I'll step through it um, don't know if I'm equipped to do this but um, I'll give it a shot and apparently it was the Lord's will because yeah. uh, the uh, the people all came together and said yes that's what they wanted and um, you know another 24 years here and. <laughs> um, 
it's been a great, great experience for us. Well, you're listening to Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development for 820 AM The Word, and, and with me is Pastor David Zetterberg. He's the lead pastor of Oasis Church in Lakewood. And uh, Dave, uh, I guess I, I hear, uh, as I'm kind of trying to characterize your life story, there's kind of a reluctant obedience, <laughs> you know, ways, you know, and I think that's a natural thing that many, many pastors, uh, all of us have, where we see the Lord working in our life and we sense this, but we have no idea how the Lord is going to use us in our uh, in our weakness to be able to to do the work that he's asking us to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's really kind of a good place to be, isn't it? Because it isn't in our own strength. It's in his in his work that we're able to uh, um, to fulfill the, the call that he's given to Absolutely. us. Yeah. So tell me about uh, Oasis Church now. Tell me, uh, tell me what's happening uh, w- with the church. What will uh, if some if I visited next Sunday, what would I experience? I think it's the best church in the world. <laughs> there you uh, go. <laughs> we have a, a great community of faith. Uh, we're not uh, we're not huge, um, but uh, we've got some very faithful people. Uh, some amazing ministry going on. Um, we're in the the Lenten season, and uh, for the last several years, we've done um, fundraising for Living Water International uh, to put in freshwater wells. And uh, last year, we sent a, a team. I got to be a part of that. Uh, went down to Nicaragua, put in a well. Um, so we are in the middle of that uh, right now, and uh, something that our church has really embraced um, the opportunity. I think. We've been doing this for now seven years, and, and we've been responsible for uh, installing and or repairing uh, about 12 wells. And so there's 12 communities uh, now that didn't have access to clean water uh, that do today because of uh, what the church has been doing, and uh, really excited about being part of that. Uh, we're in the middle of a, a project for uh, putting together care packages for the homeless um, as well. Uh, so we're trying to make a difference uh, not only around the globe but in our own um, our own community as well. Um, it's just a it's a, a great place. We're a non denominational church, so um, we we welcome anybody who has a, a heart for Jesus uh, to come and attend. And um, yeah, it's a, just an amazing place. Yeah. Well, if somebody wants to uh, get a hold of you or learn more about the church, uh, where do they go? What do they do? Uh, they can contact me at dave at oasislakewood.com, uh, or they could call the church at 253-473-2822. Mm-hmm. It's oasislakewood.com is the website, mm-hmm. and it's Oasis Church at Lakewood. And so, um, Dave, I want to thank you for joining me today on Heart of the City if you uh, if you want to uh, hear this interview again or be able to send a, a file or to uh, a friend uh, regarding uh, the Heart of the City interview, you can always go to thewordseattle.com. That's the station website, thewordseattle.com, and click on Local Programs. And uh, under Local Programs, you'll see uh, My Smiling Face where it says Heart of the City. And uh, all of the podcasts of the interviews that uh, I've done uh, throughout the last uh, few years are loaded there, and you can listen to them online or you can download them and uh, send them off to uh, friends uh, around the country or have them listen to a link. And so um, 
uh, feel free to do that. And uh, Dave, thank you for joining me today on Heart of the City. God bless. My privilege. You've been listening to this KGNW special, Heart of the City. For more information about how your pastor or ministry can be featured on 820 AM The Word, call Chuck Olmstead at 206-269-6216 or go to 820amtheword.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.